Hello and welcome back to Entering the Infinite, the Magic the Gathering podcast all about infinite combos. And as always, I'm your host, Aaron Benick. After two Innistrad sets back to back, I don't I don't know about I don't know about anyone listening, but I love Innistrad. Not only is it a fantastic plane full of werewolves, vampires, ghosts, all that, all that kind of stuff. I love that stuff. Halloween is my favorite holiday of the year. Innistrad has major Halloween vibes to it. It's got some great cards in it. It's it's fantastic. But not only that, Innistrad makes me nostalgic because I started playing Magic when uh, Shadows Over Innistrad actually came out. I played during that standard. I played during Eldritch Moon, Amonkhet, all of that. And I had such a blast playing with the f- playing with the Shatters over Innistrad cards. So getting to go back to Innistrad is super nostalgic for me. I think so many of the cards are super good. Uh, we finally get a Werewolf Commander. I'm so excited about that. I'm definitely building Tovalar. But I'm not here to talk about Tovalar today. I'm actually here to talk about two completely different Storm Commanders that could work or could not work in two very different ways. Both Innistrad Midnight Hunt and Crimson Val came out with a fantastic Storm Commander. And today, I'm going to be talking about both of them, kind of comparing them side to side, seeing what the pros are, what the cons are of both. So, without further ado, let's hop into it. Now, I'm going to I'm going to talk about the one from Midnight Hunt first. And you might already know which one I'm talking about. Uh it is Lear, Disciple of the Drowned. So Lear is 3 blue blue for a legendary creature human wizard. Lear is a 3/4. And Lear reads spells can't be countered. So any spells, both yours and your opponents cannot be countered. Lear also says each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. So before I kind of get into uh, the meat of the episode today, or before I even start talking about anything really, uh, I'm going to just go over the other one from Crimson Val, which is uh, Eruth, Tormented Prophet. Eruth is one, a blue and a red for a legendary creature, also a human wizard. Uh, Eruth is a 2-4, however, and Eruth says, if you would draw a card, exile the top two cards of your library instead, you may play those cards this turn. So, first impressions, right off the bat, let's start with Lear. Uh, Lear, first of all, has two fantastic abilities. So, first of all, spells can't be countered. This may seem like a downside in mono blue, except for the fact that blue actually has a significant amount of cards that let you kind of pseudo counter spells in the same way that remand would. Um, For instance, we have divide by zero from Strixhaven. Uh, we also have unsubstantiate, excuse me. Uh, also, Narset's reversal. All of these cards essentially put the spell back in our opponent's hand, which means that they could cast it again. Um, but it is the best way to just get counter magic in a Leer deck. 
Um, there are also, I believe, a couple of blue cards that exile cards on the stack. There is Summary Dismissal, there's Ashiox Erasure. So there are still plenty of ways for you to be able to kind of counter spells, but it shuts off all of your opponent's counter magic. And then uh, each incident and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback, meaning that you can just basically cast all of your spells twice. You cast them from your hand and then you cast them from your graveyard. That's an incredibly powerful ability. So one of the reasons why I think Lear works as a Storm Commander, first of all, is because of that second ability. You get to reuse all of your cantrips and essentially everything. So you get to double up on all of your storm count, even casting a storm spell um, more than one time, meaning you can Mind's Desire for 10 and then Mind's Desire again for 11, and then you have 21 triggers of that. Or you can Brain Freeze someone for half their library and then brain freeze them again to do the other half so i think that leer just has a super big amount of utility to him and then eruth uh tormented prophet so eruth uh does have red which means that you do have access to more cards and you also have access to rituals which is really good um those are always important for a storm deck uh and if you would draw a card to exile the top two your cards of your library instead so it's not 100% draw. You're not actually getting any real card advantage. But the reason I think that Aerith works really well as a Storm Commander is, first of all, because of the red. Um, but second of all, because all of your cantrips, your ops, serum visions, preordains, all of that turn into essentially draw two cards that you can only play for that turn, which is super good for a Storm deck because you can just keep casting spells over and over and over again, and then you just keep exiling more cards. It's a little bit harder to kind of keep that tempo if all you're doing is drawing cards. That's why, um, for instance, Yidris is a really good Storm Commander because all of your spells have Cascade, so you'll double up on all those Storm Triggers. Um, but Aerith getting you two cards instead of one for all your cantrips means that your cantrips are all doing double duty. So that's why I think that Aerith would also work really good as a Storm Commander. So instead of uh, doing a deck tech, because uh, for this week, I was I was really deciding. I wanted to do an Innistrad Commander. I didn't know which one I wanted to do. I didn't know if it should be Lear. I didn't know if it should be Aerith. They're both really good. They can both be really good Storm Commanders. They're both new. They're both flashy. They're both fancy. And then I decided why not just do an episode with both of them. So instead of a full deck breakdown like I normally do, um, I'm going to be going over the pros and cons of each of these guys. Uh, that way we can kind of see what both of their strengths and, and weaknesses are and see maybe which one is the better Storm Commander. So the first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over Lear first. So the first pro that I have of Lear is obviously giving the graveyard flashback. So uh, for all of my guys that uh, enjoy playing Modern, you might be very well aware of the card uh, Past in Flames and just how important that card is to the engine of Modern Storm. Uh, I actually play Blue-Red Gift Storm in Modern, so I know how important Past in Flames in is, is to that deck. 
without it, the deck is just significantly weaker. Um, being able to catch each spell for double the storm is a fantastic ability to have um, in the command zone. And as we all know, um, the graveyard in commander, especially, is more often than not actually an extension of your hand because so many commander decks actually just have the graveyard have access to the graveyard so then they can just play whatever else they have in their hand so a moldrotha deck could have 20 or 30 cards in their hand when in reality they only have three actual cards in their hand but if you have moldrotha out you have access to your entire graveyard and it's the same here with Lear. So with Lear, sometimes when you're kind of starting to run out of gas a little bit, Lear lets you extend your hand into the graveyard so then you can cast that preordain for a second time. Maybe start setting up a little bit better, drawing the right card to kind of get that mom to kind of keep that momentum rolling that way you can continue with your storm turn and just having each of your cards essentially up your storm count by two means that you almost need a lower storm count in some aspects to actually finish the job on your opponents so for instance with something like a brain freeze brain freeze mills three cards and it has storm on it so if you have if you cast a brain freeze, but you're only able to take out one person with it, if your storm count isn't high enough, well, Lear then lets you cast that from your graveyard to kill at least a second person, and then maybe somehow you can get it back from your graveyard and Archaeomancer, something like that you can cast it again to do on the third person. But much like Tendrils of Agony, Tendrils of Agony needs a significantly less storm count because it actually deals it actually does double the damage of something like a grape shot so just having access to your graveyard and being able to double your storm count up is super good especially in a mono blue deck um one of the really good cards to be able to cast twice is a high tide which if you don't know what high tide does high tide is uh, a single blue for an instant um, until end of turn islands tap for double the mana essentially so paying one mana to cast the high tide and then tapping another one floating one already to cast high tide again means that all of your other lands tap for three times as much mana as they normally would so being able to cast each ritual twice in mono blue is a really good ability um, especially since blue doesn't have access to the mana geysers and the dark rituals of the world. So having something that provides you any kind of additional utility, which is his ability to flash back the whole graveyard, is just super good, especially to have in the command zone. So another really good pro of Leer is the fact that Leer doesn't actually let spells be countered. Now, this might seem like kind of a, you have to build around it downside, but if you really think about it, it just means that you can go completely interrupted, uninterrupted on your turn, or anyone else's for that matter, if you 
have the ability to storm off an instant speed. But essentially, um, instant speed removal can and will interrupt your storm turn, sure, but you don't have to worry about any kind of counter magic at all. So if your opponents are tapped out, they don't have enough cards in their hand, they just don't have any removal, you are safe to proceed with your storm turn. Um, we have the ability to build around Lear's restriction of spells can't be countered by using cards like I mentioned earlier, um, unsubstantiate, summary dismissal, those kinds of things. But our opponents don't have the ability to build around that. I mean, sure, you could put Summary Dismissal and Unsubstantiate in your deck, but those aren't nearly as solid as just regular Counterspell and Arcane Denial, and people aren't going to start running those other kinds of cards just because Leer pops up. So there are still plenty of pseudo-counters Blue has access to that can still be used to your advantage, and your opponents can't actually use any of their counter magic that they bothered packing in their deck. So... Lear weirdly has really, really good protection for you for your storm for your storm turns. Um, and even if someone does have does have some kind of instant speed removal, you still have unsubstantiates. You still have Narset's reversal. All those kinds of cards to be able to pseudo counter your opponent's spells and just continue with your turn. So, uh, unfortunately, with pros there always must be cons so some of the cons that Lear has is the first one is that first of all Lear is mono blue um most of the rituals are in either black or red now blue does have some pseudo rituals so for instance you've got twiddle um, you have Turnabout. I think Turnabout is a absolute must-have in this deck. Um, you've got High Tide, which I mentioned. Uh, Frantic Search, kind of a little bit. Um, Hidden Strings. Uh, you also have Snap, which untaps only two lands. But if you've got, say, an Ancient Tomb, then you're gaining mana on that. Uh, you kind of have pour, o- pour over the pages and makes things uh, pour over the pages kind of makes it self cost less because it untaps lands, but you're actually losing mana on that exchange. Um, Blue has access to actually like a lot of really weird rituals, kind of. Um, one of the ones that I found while kind of researching Lear was a card called Drain Power. Um, so Drain Power is blue and blue for a sorcery and essentially drain power makes any player tap all their lands and then you gain all of the mana that that player has um now the way that it's worded if the player taps all their lands in response you still get all that mana back so you can drain power someone and then drain power a second person because Lear lets you cast it uh, from your graveyard. So with Drain Power, you actually have a pretty powerful ritual. Um, one of the ones, one of the other ones that I found is called Piracy, and it is also blue and blue uh, for a sorcery. And it says, until end of turn, you may tap lands you don't control for mana, spend this mana only, only to cast spells. So for whatever reason, this card is actually really high up in price. It's like almost $30. 
but blue has a lot of these really weird rituals that are like piracy where you kind of use your opponent's lands for stuff but the issue with a lot of them is that if i cast a piracy all of your opponents can just say hey if we all tap our untapped lands he doesn't get any mana so all of your opponents can just tap all their lands in response and then you don't actually get to do anything with piracy so blue has you know all all these really weird kind of uh rituals which is kind of a shame because Lear can struggle quite a bit with actually generating enough mana to cast enough spells to win the game aside from any kind of um dramatic scepter lines I think if you're going with a dramatic reversal isochron scepter uh kind of just mana generation for your storm turn then you're perfectly fine um but without that combo and enough rocks to generate infinite mana you can actually have a hard time casting enough spells without sufficient mana um there are quite a few spells though most of the ones that i mentioned that i think are powerful enough with the right build to be able to generate enough mana that you can get off a really good storm turn with Lear. But definitely, though, I do think that is a downside of Lear, the fact that he doesn't have black, or the fact that he doesn't, yeah, the fact that he doesn't have black or red, sorry, uh, to be able to include some of uh, the rituals in order to be able to generate enough mana to win. Another downside is just the fact that Lear, Lear gives you access to the graveyard, but he also has to stick around on the board for it. Lear's ability is an incredibly powerful one, but to be able to actually double your storm count, Lear has to 100% stick on the board, meaning that the deck could be very susceptible to removal. Um, it also kind of it also kind of works in the same way if you think about using Lear as just counter magic deterrent because. If someone just removes Leer, then you, then your opponents can just counter all of your storm spells, and then you're kind of in a pickle. So then you have to wait another turn and recast Leer, and they might remove it again or just counter it while it's in a stack, and it's it's kind of a whole thing. So while Leer's abilities are very powerful, they're only very powerful if he does actually stay on the board. So you know as per usual with i mean a lot of commander decks kind of go downhill uh without their commander but i'm still pretty confident that if you build uh leer correctly you know the unsubstantiates of the world then you can just return those removal spells back to your opponent's hand and just continue all right so with Lear kind of broken down a little bit more. Let's talk about Eruth. So, uh, the same way that I broke down Lear, I'm going to break down Aerith a little bit more. So, pros and then cons. One of the best, one of the best pros about Aerith, and this is why she's even in consideration for being like a really good Storm Commander, is the fact that Aerith. Aerith gives you access to twice as many cards. So, Preordain. One blue mana 
draw two cards, essentially. Opt. One blue mana. Essentially draw two cards. Even Ideas Unbound. Ideas Unbound now reads, two blue mana, look at six cards, and you can play any of those cards. Which is so good. Aerith has the ability to supercharge cantrips and make them give you twice as many cards for typically about half as much mana. So, uh, the usual kind of mana to card ratio is about two mana to one card, um, aside from any kind of cantrips. So, paying one mana for access to two cards is way above that rate. And then if you continue to kind of go up the scale, so you've got, you know, your ops, your serum visions, preordains, ponders, all of that stuff. They are all uh, one blue mana, look at two cards and cast either of those cards. But as you kind of go up the chain, charter course is now two blue mana, look at four cards. You do have to discard a card from your hand, but you get to look at four other cards, which is so incredibly good. Continuing further up the chain, you've got Hieroglyphic Illumination. Four mana, look at four cards. I almost didn't do my math right there. <laughs> um, but you can see why that ability would be so good for a Sturm turn. Because if you cast a Preordain on like a Storm turn trying to set up, and you just draw into a land, then you're then you're kind of bricking there because you you drew something that wasn't useful but if you've got Aerith and then you uh preordain and you exile a land but you also exile like a ritual or another cantrip then you're still giving yourself gas so not only does Aerith give you access to twice as many cards but she also lets you filter through kind of the bad sections of your deck by letting you have access to twice as many cards for about the same rate. So, uh, you know, lands, mana rocks, removal, card draw, these are all essential parts to a commander deck. So with Aerith out, all of the cards that you're using to just try to calculate storm count and kill your opponents, um, all of those cards, you can use those to then filter through all the bad ones. So your talisman of creativity or curiosity, whichever whichever one the blue the blue red one is, you don't have to cast that on your storm turn and it's exiled. You just you just don't have to worry about it on your storm turn. It's not a dead draw if you just draw it. All of your lands aren't dead draws and you're it's it's just such a good ability, not only because it gives you access to more cards, but because of the filtering. Uh, not to mention that any kind of wheel is absolutely insane with Aerith. Wheel of Fortune is just three mana to draw 14 cards, which is absolutely ridiculous. Windfall could be twice as many cards. Like, oh, that is so insane. And I think that is so good for a Storm deck because you just get so much more gas. You just have access to so many more cards. You can pick and choose which ones you want. Untapping on turn, like, 
four or five with Aruth already out and you just windmill slam a windfall and you just put 14 cards face up you get to pick out of all 14 of those cards what you want to play and if any of them are more card draw cards then suddenly you're putting more cards into exile and you're you know casting more rituals you're filtering through more of your library and it's just so good it is such it's such a crazy ability especially with especially with wheels um so easily easily that is the best pro that Aerith has is is her ability and it might be like oh well yeah that's why you would play her for is because of her ability but just just reading it without kind of thinking about it you might not realize just how good that ability is by turning by just supercharging all of your all of your card draw spells and just being able to look at twice as many cards and, and get that much needed filtering. So the second pro that Aruth has is definitely the inclusion of red. Um, adding red gives you access to most rituals. And this is this is this is kind of part of the reason why like I wanted to do the Lear versus Aruth thing is because Aruth has access to red rituals. Lear does not have access to red rituals. So you're going to struggle a little bit more to make a lot of mana in the Lear deck, but you might not struggle as much in the Aruth deck because Aruth has red. So you have access to mana geysers and desperate rituals and pyretic rituals and rite of flames and seething songs and all of that stuff. Even Brass's even Brass's bounty, dude, like <laughs> that that card is still good. Um so just just continuing to add mana in order to keep casting spells and exile and exiling cards with Aruth is absolutely crucial. And being act and being in red means you get access to so many of these crucial rituals. So you preordain and then you exile an opt and a desperate ritual. You cast the desperate ritual, now you have more mana than you had originally. So not only that, but getting all of Red's rituals means that when you're kind of starting to bottom out, you're kind of losing gas, then any of the rituals that you've exiled, you can then start to just cast all of those rituals from exile and then cast all of the other card draw spells from exile. So the addition of red with Aruth, definitely, definitely a pro. And as I've said before, if there are pros, there are cons. One of the biggest cons of Aruth is uh, impulse draw is not the same as an actual draw. So what this, what this means is impulse draw is essentially a lot of what red does, which is like, exiling the top card of your library and then you can only cast that card this turn you can cast it the next turn or you can cast it for as long as it remains exiled. what a, a, things like that um for instance atali atali primal storm has impulse draw on it whenever atali attacks each opponent uh exile the top card of your library and you can play any of those cards for as long as or without paying their mana cost sorry um but Impulse draw is not the same as actual draw. So 
you do get two cards off of that preordain. However, you don't get access, you don't get to have more cards because if you don't use those cards, you're going to lose them. So with Aruth out, if you don't have enough mana and you cast a preordain and you exile a land and let's say Brass's Bounty, you don't have enough mana to play the Brass's Bounty and you've already played your land your turn. You can't play either of those cards. They stay in exile. So you, you can't use them. So that is that is definitely a very, very big downside to this ability because if you just don't use those cards, then you don't have access to them anymore. So this makes whiffing on a storm turn absolutely brutal because you don't have access to those cards ever again. There isn't something that you can do to put those cards back in your deck or put them in your graveyard even or put them back in your hand or be able to uh you know recast them from exile or something um so losing you know really important rituals losing tutors losing key storm cards can make the entire thing go topsy-turvy so while Aruth is definitely a really good card by giving you access to twice as many cards she's also a little bit bad in that same sense because if you don't use those cards then you lose them almost immediately so she really almost has to be out just on the turn that you plan on storming off she isn't really a value card in that kind of sense she is really just a storm enabler because she just gives you access to twice as many cards. So really, if you're not careful with Aruth out, then you can lose so many important cards that you actually really need access to. One of the other very important things to note about Aruth is that she her ability is a replacement effect. So, so Aerith says, if you would draw a card instead, exile the top two cards of your library, you may play those cards this turn. So you don't actually get any real card advantage when you try to draw a card with Aerith out. Because you don't get more cards in your hand to be able to set up or do what you want with. You get access to two cards for a soul turn and while that ability is fantastic to see twice as many cards if she's out when you're trying to set up with for a storm turn you have to forfeit any and all cards that she can possibly exile so if you're not ready to use any of the cards that you exile immediately then you then you just lose access to more cards and that's storm count down the drain that's mana from rituals down the drain cantrips down the drain tutors down the drain all all that kind of stuff so with Aruth out there's not really any I'll cantrip a little bit to try to fill my hand filter out lands that kind of stuff in order to set up for a storm turn if she's already out, then you already need to be trying for that storm turn because she's just going to make you lose 
all of those actual, all of those cards. So in reality, you really actually just want to keep Aeruth off of the board until you're 100% ready to actually take that storm turn. Otherwise, she's just going to actually be a bane to you and she's going to exile cards that you don't want exiled and she's going to actually make you lose steam because you're not putting any additional cards in your hand. So now that I've kind of gone over both Lear and Aruth, the question remains, which is the better Storm Commander? And I think the answer to the question to that question is neither of them. I don't think that either of them is so much better than the other that you would a hundred percent want to play one over the other undeniably. So for instance, uh cast distant mage. Cast Dissident Mage gives you red and black and gives some cards in your graveyard flashback. So Kess is an undeniably better Storm Commander than both of these, but we're, we're, not, we're not talking about Kess. Um, but there are things about Kess that makes her better than both of these just off the bat, and there's not really any argument to that. But for both Lear and Aeruth, there isn't really any argument either for one or the other, that makes one significantly better or worse than the other one. Aerith lets you see twice as many cards, but Lear gives you access to twice as many cards. So they both kind of do the same thing there. Aerith has the ability to give you red, which means that you have access to all of these rituals. But with Lear's ability to recast a bunch of blue rituals, you might not need access to all of those red ones. They, I just feel like they're so different and yet so similar that it's hard to determine which of them would be better and which one of them would be worse. For instance, Lear is really good with High Tide because you can cast High Tide twice, but... Aeruth is better with just any card draw because you get to look at twice as many cards with Aeruth. So it's really it's really hard to to kind of narrow down which of them would be better and which one of them of would be worse and which one of them you should actually pick to play. Well, my opinion on which one is better and which one is worse is it's hard to pick. It's 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 hard to pick. I, I thought I was going to have some kind of revelation there where, where I was going to be, oh, it's Lear or oh, it's Aeruth. But no, it's honestly, it, it, it just is, it just is hard to, hard to pick. And it's because both of them are so powerful in uh, such different ways, but also very similar ways because they both give you access to twice as many resources, which is exactly what a storm deck wants. So you really wouldn't go wrong with either one of them because they both have fantastic cards to use to your benefit. So for instance, Lear has access to Secrets of the Dead, which is an enchantment. Whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, you draw a card. That is a fantastic spell for that deck to keep Lear going. 
Leer lets you cast all your storm spells for twice as much. Leer lets you cast Turnabout on tapping all your lands. He lets you cast High Tide to untap all that stuff. He lets you cast Mind's Desire twice. Maybe Mind's Desire is exactly what you need to get out of it. Not to mention, Leer and Windfall are really good. Uh, Leer and Windfall, Leer and Factor Fiction, because all of those cards that are going your, to your graveyard, you still have access to all of those cards. So you you really aren't losing out on anything of that kind of sort with Leer. And then with Aeruth, you get access to like a really good card that works good with Aeruth is the Moonveil region. Whenever you cast a spell, discard your hand if you do draw a card for each of that spell's colors. Well, with Aeruth out, you're not drawing those cards. You're actually just exiling them face down. So you so at a certain point, you're not even you're not even discarding cards. You're actually just adding to your exile pile. Not only that, but Aerith works great with things like Burning Inquiry. Each player draws three cards, then discards three cards at random. Uh, you just have access to six cards. And then if you're empty-handed, you don't discard anything. Or something like Breakthrough. One, one blue mana, draw four cards. You're exiling eight cards with that. Careful study, you're exiling four cards. There's, there's just so much good stuff with both of these commanders that it's really hard to pinpoint just which of them is more powerful because they both have their pros and their cons. So, uh, just some closing thoughts here. Lear is, I think, for people that... For the Storm players that really just want some additional value maybe you want some maybe you want to add a little bit of creativity to your next commander deck I think that's where Lear shines because he gives all of your spells in your graveyard flashback so you get to reuse all your stuff so maybe sequencing is a little more important or maybe windfall is a very good card in your deck and you get to play with all of the really weird rituals that only blue has and that you would only play if you are in mono blue. Not only that, but building around Lear's uh, Spells Can't Be Countered ability is incredibly interesting because you get to actually play with a lot of very strange pseudo counter magic and you get to uh, leave yourself protected to a lot of stuff that your opponents might be doing. And then you've got Aerith, uh, who is absolutely fantastic because she lets you get access to twice as many cards, which on a storm turn, as I've said over and over, is incredibly good because it's just that kind of added filtering and... She adds red, which means that you get access to the really good rituals, the really powerful rituals, and the really big ones. But at the same time, her ability is a little bit of a build-around, but it's also a very interesting build-around. Things like goblin lore work really weirdly with Aerith. And who knows? Maybe all you do is you just put Lear in Aerith, and you kind of have the best of both worlds, right? And you just have that amazing 
Anastrod-themed amalgam of a deck that lets you look at twice as many cards and use your graveyard twice as much. But enough about me and what I think about these commanders. I want to know what you think about these commanders. Are you going to build Aeruth? Why are you going to build Aeruth? Why pick Aeruth over Lear? Are you going to build Lear? And why pick Lear over Aeruth? I want to know what your reasoning behind each of those is. I want to know why you would pick Aeruth over Lear or why you would pick Lear over Aeruth. And then maybe we can get down to the bottom of who actually is the better Storm Commander. Because in my opinion, it's just too tough of a choice. As always, thank you very much for listening. And tune in next time when we enter the infinite.